Hello there, and thanks for joining me, Psychology uh, Report today. This is a podcast, and today our topic is teenagers and iPhones, smartphones. You know, the world of the teenager is changing drastically, and uh, it's been doing so for a period of time now, and um, we need to understand this a little bit better as parents, as grandparents. All kinds of adults that deal with teenagers, teachers, ministers, uh, neighbors, and so on. Because this is a world that is uh, rapidly slipping away and rapidly uh, disintegrating right before our eyes. Now, the research on this topic is uh, generated and led uh, by a psychologist from the uh, University of San Diego. Dr. Jean Twinge, T-W-E-N-G-E. Now, um, the psychologist has studied teenagers for a number of years and has drawn together research from a number of different sources involving almost 11 million teenagers trying to figure out their mind and how they function and how they uh, deal with life and the impact that the smartphone has had on these kids. So uh, she has devoted a considerable amount of study, you know, to this and has recently uh, published her book on the topic. She calls these kids the I-Generation. I-Generation. They were born in 1995 and thereafter. So look at the kids uh, 1995 um, in your life, and those that were born in 1996, 97, 98, 99, 2000, and so on, uh, look at these kids and see what they are in your life and how you view them. But here's what her, some of her research you know, findings indicate, and I think there is pretty profound, and we need to really understand this and, and uh, learn how to handle it. Uh, first of all, uh, she does this in her research. She looks at issues in these kids in 1995, 1996 and seven, and up to the year 2007. She looks at their mental health. She looks at their social behavior. You know, she looks at their academic behavior, their work-related behavior, their sexual experiences, their driving uh, behavior. She looks at all these aspects of a kid's life from 1995 to 2007, okay? Now, she then takes a look at them from 2007 to 2012 to see any changes that might have appeared on the, on the horizon and then compares them to 2012 to the current date, 2016. Now, why does she pick these dates? Well, she picks these dates as the uh, I generation to uh, 1995. But it was in 2007 that the smartphone began to be a popular device for kids to have. Now, maybe it's only about 25% of the population of kids had the smartphone then. But it was starting to show itself in the teenage world. And teenagers were now beginning to live by the smartphone. So what she did then was to... Um, look at their life in 2012 when more than 
of the teenagers now has smartphones. So if you look at the pattern of smartphones or uh, and iPhones, it was the year 2012 that 50% or more of the kids had them and lived their life by them and revolved their life around the use of smartphones. So we're seeing a trend then from 2015, I mean from uh, 1995 to 2007 to 2012. So he looks at the trends of these kids' lifestyle and behavior and feelings and so on and tries to identify what effect the smartphone has had on these kids. Well, she has some pretty profound results. The trends include increased anxiety, increased depression, increased loneliness, increased self-harm, including cutting as well as suicide, increased suicide risk then, and the rate of uh, suicide uh, has increased during those years, and the level of happiness of our teenager kids has declined during these years. Sleep time has declined. Life satisfaction has declined. So you see, there's a major shift in the stability and the mental health and the lifestyle and the patterns of behavior of our kids as of 2012. That's when the major shift took place. There was a slight trend at 2007 but not many kids had cell, uh, smartphones then. But certainly in 2012, we see a major shift in these areas of their life. The mental health of kids has suffered since 2012, and she counts this as being primarily due to the use of the smartphone. She was not able to identify any other major event that would account for these findings or these changes in the lifestyle of our of our kids. In other words, what she's saying to the to us is that these kids, by the use of the smartphones, are growing up more slowly. They're unprepared for the adult world, for the adult life. They're not taking care of themselves. They don't have self-help skills. They don't have a history of part-time employment. They aren't even working. Parents are supporting them. Uh, they're, they're living hand to mouth. Uh, in other words, the smartphone has become so important to our kids that life skills and life patterns and life goals and life aspirations are less important. Less sleep. They're spending more time awake at night. And having not only difficulty sleeping, but they're not even going to bed to, and trying to sleep. Because they're using that smartphone many, many hours in the course of the day as well as in the evening. So when you take a look at the general happiness level of kids, down. The general social involvement of these kids, down. They're spending more time alone. They're spending more time in a disconnected way interpersonally but they're spending more time in a connected way through electronics. So they're connecting with each other electrically, but they are disconnected interpersonally. Interesting that we're seeing on these, these kids. And um, what 
the doctor is trying to bring to our attention is that we need to be very concerned about our kids today. And as parents, we need to take some action. We need to take some leadership. We need to take some decided action. We can't let this trend just go on unattended, unaddressed. Uh, we have to be very, very thoughtful about this trend of increased unhappiness and the lack of sleep and the lack of, of uh, motivation and the lack of work and the lack of uh, going forward. Even school has been slowed down. Kids either don't go to school or they take only a very, very few hours of subject matter and are not particularly going to school to get it done or to really invest themselves in the learning process. It's kind of an activity that they do, but it isn't a commitment in which they are involved. So college and college education is on the back burner, like so many other aspects of their life. So what do you do? What's the story on this whole thing? Uh, we seem to have pretty good evidence that the smartphone has changed our kids. And as a result of changing our kids, changing our culture, changing the way that kids live within our culture, operate within our culture, and certainly change the direction of the future of our kids. We're going to be less leaders coming from this population of kids. If they are leaders, it's going to be later on in life. But they aren't going to learn the leadership skills early in life because they're devoting themselves to this diversion of smartphone activity. Another way of looking at this i-generation idea is not just because it's the iPhone or the smartphone, but it identifies these kids as individualisms. Individualism. These kids are individualistic. They are by themselves. They spend time alone. They spend time in isolation. They spend time in solitude. They're spending time within themselves. Not even interacting with family members, particularly. So there's kind of an individualism that prevails within these kids and why they earn that right to be called the I generation. Now the question that uh, is always asked of Dr. Twinji, and that is, what do you do about this? Well, I am asked that question all the time by parents. And here's what I tell them. There was a research study done in Australia large number of thousands and thousands of Australian teenagers. And what they found is that there's a significant difference between the kids that do social media and the kids that do gaming. The ones that do gaming show an increase in their academic performance. They have better decision-making skills, they have better problem-solving skills, they have better strategizing, they do better in math, they do better in reading, they do better in spelling. And the kids that spend their time on social media decrease and drop in their academic skills. They do less well in math. They do less well in spelling. They do less well in English. They do less well in the, all the academic subjects. So it isn't a matter of how much time you spend on your phone. To some degree, it's, it's a matter of what kind of activity you engage in on your phone. And the most destructive and the most... Uh, damaging and the most uh, uh, curtailing of a child's life is spending a lot of time on the, on the smartphone in social media. Okay, that's one point. If your kid's going to spend time on his phone, gaming is better. 
Okay, that's one point. The second point is this. The doctor found that about one and a half hours is optimum of cell phone time, of smartphone time per day. One and a half hours. Two hours at the max. After that, the phone goes away. In her home, she has a drawer, a cell phone drawer. And after two hours of use, the cell phone goes in the drawer until the next day. So her job as a parent was to monitor her kids and allow two hours of smartphone time per day. And she recommends that to other parents as well. Use that as a guideline. One and a half to two hours a day of smartphone time. And then, by virtue of not being able to use a smartphone, kids then engage in other kind of activities that can benefit them much more and interact with others and improve their mental health and improve their social skills and improve their academic skills and their work-related skills and so on and independent skills. And they begin to grow and they begin to mature. So that's the second point. One and a half to two hours a day of smartphone time max. That's it. The third point is what I do with parents. I say, look at when you have your child spending a lot of time in your cell phone, put the cell phone in a box, put it in a drawer, and then have a checkout system. Now, first you, you do it on honor system, but if the child doesn't honor it, then you have to do it on a more... Uh, parent-organized and parent-directed system. But put the cell phones in a box and then the kid checks them out. Like he would check out a book out of the library. You can have it for an hour. You can have it for a half hour. You can have it for an hour and a half. You can have it for two hours if he wishes. That's it. That's the end. The cell phone goes back in the drawer. So if a kid wants to use the cell phone a little bit before dinner, okay, he checks it out for an hour. Wants to use it for a little while after dinner, okay, checks it out for an hour. But in the in-between time, it goes in the drawer. So you have a checkout system like you have a book system in a library. You check it out. In other words, the kid rents the cell phone. And if the kid doesn't do it on the honor system, that may be what you really want to do is go to a rental system, which means he has to kick in some dollars. It might be a quarter per hour or a quarter per half hour or some such number that you want to put on there. It's a way to monitor, make make cell phone use an important item in their life which they have to rent so i i always recommend that you first do an honor system like you check out a book and just rent it and just use it loan it if the kid honors that fine if the kid doesn't then go to a rental system which the phone is in a box or in a drawer and the kid then has to rent time and the use of the cell again the maximum is only two hours a day but the cost is uh, according to the child's ability to pay or according to the child's trust level or willingness to use the cell phone in an appropriate, positive manner. So that's how I recommend parents use their cell phones and their iPhones and their smartphones with their kids. Okay? So you have to set up a system and parent has to be in control. And I would do the same thing if I were a school teacher. Recommend the same thing as a school teacher. Okay, what comes in the class, cell phone goes in a box. And that's where it is for the entire classroom time. And then child can have it after the school, uh, after the class is over. 
use it in between classes and they go to the next class and it goes into a box. And what you're doing is not just controlling the use, but you're controlling a learning process. You're teaching children how to have a phone but not use it. How to have a phone and respect it. How to have a phone and, and use it at the right and appropriate times and not at other times that are inappropriate. So you can have a system and you can teach children a lot of basic life skills by how you regulate the use of a smartphone. So those are a few things you might do. And obviously, if a child really violates the thing, then, of course, you lose the smartphone for a day, and then two days, and then three days, and then four days. You know, and eventually, um, maybe a kid doesn't have a smartphone for a very lengthy period of time. Uh, don't let kids misuse a privilege of any kind. A privilege is a privilege, not a right. A privilege is an honor. A privilege comes with it the expectation that you'll use it properly, wisely, and for your own good, and for the good of others. That's what a privilege is. And uh, these aren't rights. So help kids understand the differences and live your life within the home accordingly. Well, anyway, nice to have you with me today on the uh, Psychology Report and looking at the issue of smartphones. Glad that you were able to join us, and I send you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, my book, Doctor, Teach Me to Parent, I recommend you know, to you as a parent. Uh, lots of good stuff there. 77 lessons in how to parent your child in different situations under different conditions and for different purposes. So, um, great book that you may want to take a look at and use as a little handbook or textbook at home. A lot of other books there, you know, as well. And um, go to Amazon. There's an e-book out now under my name. Go to Amazon, go to my name, and I have a book on depression. Right now it's only on Amazon e-book. But in about 10 days, it will be available in softback and hardback copies. So uh, right now, you can get it in an ebook and um, on Amazon, it's only $3.99. So go pick it up. If you have any issues of depression, yourself, your kids, you know somebody who's depressed, it's a great book. It's a little handbook, a little primer. It'll help you deal with the issue of depression. So, and the last thing I ask you is this. Pass this podcast on to somebody else. Just forward it on to somebody else. Recommend it to someone else that might have a child or a teenager dealing with this issue of cell phones. Have them listen to it. Share it with others. It's a great uh, tool that parents can use to help other parents. Grandparents can use to help their kids deal with this issue in their life. So, nice to have you with me, and uh, thanks for joining us today in the podcast, and bye for now.